I am a very good teacher, and I can teach you everything. I can tell you what the little arrows on the wood floor mean, which frame is the beer frame. I bet you don't know how to make a five, seven, ten split, do you, Marge? Well, first of all, you yell, The eight pin is a cop! Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. The lifters are where we belong Where the eagles cry On the mountain high The lifters are where we belong Who said that? That was Jacques. Jacques the Bowling Teacher. Jacques the Bowling Teacher. Alright, today we His are doing a couple of episodes. Three. Three. More than a couple, That's actually. Yep. Literally um, more than a couple. And before I introduce our uh, esteemed guest today, um, I need to do uh, a round of corrections and omissions. Corrections and omissions. omissions. Here we go. Okay. Um, last time, uh, we, well, we talked about the episode Homer's Odyssey, and there is just an omission that I think we should have, uh, talked about, but okay. we didn't, uh, because it turned into some sort of a legacy of the show, a small one, but a mm-hmm. fun one. Uh, we failed to mention El Barto. Oh, yeah. It's the first appearance of El Barto. And what's that, Greg? El Barto is, um, for lack of a better word, I guess, uh, Bart's tag. Mm. Um, his graffiti tag. Yep. And um, the uh, Springfield Police Department have a composite sketch of what Alberto, uh, of who Alberto, uh, Alberto might look like. Right. And it's an older version of Bart, essentially. Yeah. Um, but it is actually just Bart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you will see the spray paint Alberto around Springfield. In many, yeah, a, many episodes. It's a little Easter egg that just shows up. They never draw specific attention to it. And it has never been the focus of an episode. Yeah. It's just uh, assumed that Bart does this in his spare time. I actually had a Simpsons comic, uh, like comic book, mm-hmm. that delved into the El Barto uh, persona. Really? Yeah, and I thought it was just invented for the comic that I read at the time. And then I found out, no, it's actually in the show as well, but just not in the, at the forefront. It's just never addressed. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. And that has been errors and omissions. Corrections and omissions. Corrections. Let me correct you. That's, we need <laughs> another round of uh, corrections and omissions to correct my uh, titling of the corrections and omissions as errors and omissions. That has been corrections and omissions. Okay. We are going to be talking about the telltale head. We are going to be talking about life on the fast lane, and we are going to be talking about Homer's Night Out. But before we do that, we have to introduce our guest. Yes. We have a very special guest with us today. Making his Two Bad Neighbors debut. That's right. Hopefully not his end view. Yeah. Hopefully Is he'll that... do this more than once, because yep. we don't have that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> James Wade is with us today. Hello, James. Hi, guys. How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. With us again. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, I say again because you've done podcasts with us before. Right. Should we explain that you guys have another podcast? We should explain that. <laughs> we should explain that we have another podcast. I don't know if uh, if the people who listen to this one are familiar <laughs> with another podcast. <laughs> 
are at this point in time much more popular podcast <laughs> by I think ten listeners. At um, least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's called the Cinepals. Yeah. And uh We talk about movies. Yeah. And James has been featured on several of our episodes. Yeah. Usually the ones that get the most listens, so yeah. Some people call him the third Cinepal. <laughs> they would be mistaken though. <laughs> I'd prefer to be a third barley bud. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he yeah. even knows the he, names he of our fake podcasts. Fake ones. Oh, oh yes. he's so cute. Um, <laughs> but thanks, James, for coming on board and doing an episode of Two Bad Neighbors. Let's let's dive right in first and get to know our guest. Um, in a segment I like to call Getting to Know Our Guest. <laughs> That's very inventive. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, I, I like knowing, um, where you come from as, as far as The Simpsons goes, because it's such a, um, uh, cultural touchstone of the past 26 years. Um, you, whether you know it or not, have been affected by The Simpsons if you lived through the 90s and the 2000s. Um, yeah, first of all, do you know what The Simpsons are? Yes, fictional cartoon family. Can you name Correct. Can you name them? Yeah, you've got El Barto. Yeah. You've huh? got Margarine. Yeah. Uh, you've got... Uh, Cream Cheese. Daughter. <laughs> daughter. Cream Cheese. Yeah. Um, Baby Simpson. Yeah. Just called Baby Simpson. Yep. And then the uh, patriarch is Dan. Yeah. <laughs> it is Dan. Yeah. Dan Connor. Yeah, it is Dan. You're right. Dan Great. Connor. Um... <laughs> Interesting fact about The Simpsons uh, took its cues from the Cosby Show. No one's actually named Simpson on The uh, Simpsons. True story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the Cosby reference, actually. Well, he's not like the family is the Huxtables. Oh, really? Right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen an episode of The Cosby Show. It's bad. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure there's someone who'd disagree with you. I'm sure there is. Cosby. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is someone who would disagree with me. About his opinion anymore. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about other things. Pile on the cause. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, So the the question is: Where did you first stumble into the Simpsons? Are you a Simpsons fan? Where do you land on a scale of Ryan to Alan? So Ryan is a zero, Alan's a ten. I, if you want to say it, I didn't say that. You may have thought that. If we're to assume that's the case, I'd probably put myself at a uh, seven. All right. In that I really love The Simpsons, but I do not own any episodes on DVD. I've not been a watcher of all the seasons in order. Just like if it's on TV, it always draws me in. I always want to watch it, and I usually laugh. Sure. Um, the Simpsons goes farther back than my memory. As, as, as far back as my memory goes, uh, The Simpsons just sort of went in there at some point. I remember being a kid and all the other school kids uh, were not allowed to watch uh, The Simpsons, but they were allowed to watch The Ninja Turtles, but in my house it was opposite. I was never allowed to watch <laughs> The Ninja Turtles, but I had Simpsons access from whenever I wanted. Hmm. And why is that? Why were you never allowed to watch The Ninja Turtles? Because uh, they're ninjas. Yeah. They kill people. Violence worse than satire, I think was my parents' thinking. I like Teenage thinking. Mutant Hero Turtles is I, the title. Yeah, I changed. really liked their thinking. Yeah. yeah. My um, my parents were like, whatever. <laughs> Explains a lot, Greg. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, when my when my dad got enough money for satellite, they were like, uh, blocking channels is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we yeah. to be in the room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, good. That's good. So when we um we're, when we start talking about some of these firsts, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll know what we're talking about. Maybe a couple. Maybe. <laughs> I don't um, know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Like I couldn't tell you what Algene did on the show. Showrunner ruined it. Oh. <laughs> He's the one who's still going, right? He's yeah, still yeah. He makes the trains run on time. <laughs> That's all he does. He has the best job in Hollywood. um so what's your favorite episode do you have a favorite uh i'll just steal alan's i like um (laughs) the bond one (laughs) oh there's there's plenty of bond references like um he only moved twice twice. episode he's referring to probably my second favorite bond references in the um uh springfield with a dollar sign Uh uh-huh um what, and he crosses he, with Rain Man. Uh, no, when he when he yeah, no when he deals when he deals Bond. Like, oh yeah, he deals Bond. Right, yeah. there's a different scene where he deals yeah. to Rain Man. Joker, he was supposed to take those out of the deck. <laughs> what a pity, Mister Bond. <laughs> lose, I never lose. <laughs> I think I have a great fondness for episodes lose that revolve around Pope. Fat Tony. Though I really like. Oh, he's all pretty the great. monster stuff. Yeah, what's a truck? What's a truck? <laughs> <laughs> Don't play dumb with me, Fat Tony. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to be talking about season one. Still. Which has been a bit of a slog. <laughs> Not as much as I thought it would be, to be honest. To, to be perfectly honest, I'm right there with you. Oh. Yeah. Um, I actually... And also watch them together, I think. Yes, I, I actually did rate these episodes this oh. time. Not on oh, a scale of one to five. Don't spoil it until um, the end. But I will tell you that most of them cut out, come out unscathed. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, let's start with the Telltale Head. Shall and we? this episode we will start with another segment of chalk and couches and shit or whatever. <laughs> let's talk about the gags. Couchboard gags. Couchboard gags. Man. You guys were angry for these three <laughs> couch intros. <laughs> We've seen the same ones so many times. Yeah. They were not very imaginative yeah, this season. I'm, like, there, I have things in all caps written down in my notes. <laughs> I was very angry. Um, so we the all know first caps one, means anger. So. Yeah. So the first one is, ch- the, the first chalkboard gag we have uh, in the Telltale Head is, I did not see Elvis. Correct. That's just pretty random. That's I mean, we're getting we're getting random. I'm... Well, this was during the great Elvis boom of the '90s. So, oh yeah, yeah, when, when everyone came back. was yeah, and everyone was spotting him. Yeah, mm, ghost, ghost, this. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what was the next one? Uh, I did not see Elvis, and then the couch gag because the same as the first, like the was the exact same as the first couch gag. Bart flies up and then comes back down. Yeah. And it's like, it was okay, it was kind of funny the first time, now it's just annoying. Now it's just irritating because you're so excited being Simpsons fans and knowing that the, the couch gag is a big part of every episode. Yeah. We're watching these old ones like, oh, what's this one going to be? And it's just a repeat of the early ones? Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, they haven't done a different one in four episodes, James. Four episodes. Do you understand, episodes. James? Do you understand? 
James. James. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just thinking about when this first came on, though, and it's like they hadn't really established too much continuity. So people are just watching this show that could be canceled at any moment. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say that they established continuity the second they made a second couch gag. <laughs> I'm going to agree As... with Alan. <laughs> I'm going to say that you are wrong. <laughs> Fine. Fine. All I'm saying is if yeah, you're going to... Yeah, let's gang up on our guests. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> He'll never be back. Uh, all I'm saying is if you're going to have a couch gag in the first episode, that's fine. As soon as you do a different one in the second episode, you've set a precedent for my expectations. True. As a consumer. I guess so. I just think you're looking through a lens of, like, later loving it. I absolutely am. (laughs) You're correct. But I'm still furious. (laughs) Furious is really the wrong word. Like, it's just mild annoyance. (laughs) But I'm playing it up for fun. Oh, yeah, right. Well, fuck Trying to get guys. some levity, or not levity. Some, see, uh, you see, they should have quit at season one if this was the <laughs> what they're going to bring to the gonna table. Br- <laughs> they, hey, now oh, you're getting someone. It. There's a wonder where that siren's going off to. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, it, should we should we do another uh, episode of uh, Where's the Fire? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. We. Where's the fire, guys? James, well, where's the fire? Maybe there's actually a rape. Oh. oh. That's what they say. <laughs> Can we put that out? And that's been another episode of Where's Absolutely the Fire? Not. You knew what you were signing up for? Thanks. We don't edit. Thanks for that, James. <laughs> that was... That dark. was... That was... Yeah. It was a bit sad. I got dark real quick. That's just the first thing my mind went... Ah. Oh, boy. <laughs> just, just keep digging that hole, James. This is bad. Um, okay. Let's talk about a cartoon. Let's pull us out of this nosedive here. Um, this might have one of my favorite opening lines of any Simpsons episode. Oh. Um, I pulled a few boners in my day. That's right. Uh, that was... Because uh, it, it starts out in medias res, It's a, It's a Tarantino episode, if you think about it. It's not. It's a flashback episode. A Tarantino episode would be all over the place. It's a Tarantino episode, James. It's not. Did you know that? It would be in chapters if it was a Tarantino episode. Is anything Tarantino if it starts in medias res and then goes back? Yes. Okay. Then Then it's a Tarantino episode, for sure. Tarantino invented that filmmaking technique. Cool. It's not like you ever see like a person who's dead and it's like, oh, let's, let's you know, see I got it. Yeah, yeah. No. That's, that's started only in the 90s. Tarantino. Yeah. Started in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Uh, anyway, um, Alan, since you seem to know so much about the format of this episode, why don't you tell us what it's about? Well, Greg, you dill. This, <laughs> this episode is about a prank gone wrong. What's the prank? The prank is uh, Bart Simpson, mm-hmm. uh, main character of the program, mm-hmm. will be falling in with the wrong crowd mm-hmm. in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, and wants to be popular. And to do so, he decides that he will cut the head off the statue of Jebediah Springfield. A.K.A. Hans Sprungfeld. Hans Sprungfeld. That's spoilers for season <laughs> Seven. Seven. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Jebediah Springfield, the founder of Springfield, whose statue is in the... Or is he? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> and feels immediate regret. Uh-huh. And the townspeople 
revolt against him mm -hmm. and form a lynch mob. Yes, they do, as they are wont, <laughs> as to, do. They are wont to do. Is that a first? Uh, is that the first Springfield riot? I think it might or be. Or mob? Yeah, because we because Springfield is a like if you if you watch like the if you watch if you like binge watch The Simpsons, you can you you pick up on a few certain patterns and one of those things is that Springfield is absolutely mob rule. Yes, like a hundred and fifteen percent of the time. Like we're here, we're queer, we don't want any more bears. Yeah, yeah. Um, an there's an angry mob. Sorry, mom, the mob has spoken. There's another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, um, the mon yeah the monorail one uh, where they go and burn down the try and burn down the bur burlesque house. Yeah, the, the Maison Derriere. Maison Derriere. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what Marge tries to shut it down with her pathetic song. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> Morals and ethics and carnal forbearance. <laughs> and she accidentally hits the, the gear. <laughs> the start of her song. I want to hear the rest. Of it. Well, thanks, Marge. That was our only burlesque, burlesque house. <laughs> Which it is not. No. no. No, there's a lot. But the sex cauldron has been shut down. That, oh, yeah, I guess so. And actually, in one of these episodes, they go to about half a dozen. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, oh, we're going to get to that. We're to Homer's Night Out. Oh, my Stay God. Stay tuned. Um, but anyway, so the Telltale Head, mm -hmm. taken from the uh, Edgar Allan Poe story. Little riff on the, the Edgar Allan Poe. The Telltale Allen... Heart. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's basically... Uh, the introduction of three the three bullies. Aside yeah, from do you, you want to go over the you want to go over the firsts? Well, this one at least. This one. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we have the we first. Don't have, we don't have to keep firsts all together. We can we can discuss them as they arise. Okay. Well, we have the well. You already said the first mention of Jebediah Springfield. That's right. Yeah. As the town founder, we are learning the history of Springfield right now and how mm -hmm. he wrestled a bear, killed a bear with his bare hands, or more likely the bear killed him. Yes. As the documentary, <laughs> he built the he built the first uh, Springfield's first hospital out of logs. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but one thing I was noticing throughout these episodes was nothing about the story is particularly funny. But like the parts where I'm enjoying it the most are the smallest details where mm -hmm. I feel like their personality is starting to like yes. punch through. Yeah, it's the, this is uh, these three episodes. I feel are like uh, very much we are starting to find our footing, mm -hmm. like. They've, it's kind of been up in the air these past couple episodes. Like they've been okay, um, but there's there's definite strokes of brilliance in some of these, and they are mostly in the small moments and the moments that I think you what we what we would call uh, stop the tape moments. There's there, there's a bunch of those, right? Um, or maybe like things that you would have to rewind. It's like, wait, did he just say that probably the bear killed him? Yeah. Right? <laughs> By the That's... way, we are watching these on VHS tapes. So. We are, yeah, yeah. It's actually great. Yeah. It's great uh, tracking. Yep. Oh. Remember tracking, oh, guys? Yeah, I remember. Well, I sure don't. I can't. What is it? Tracking, I never understood. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'd put a VHS tape in. And it would say and tracking? It would, no, it would just like be like kind of fuzzy, yeah. and then there'd be a little tracking knob on the VHS player. And I'd turn it. It was an actual it, knob? You had an yeah. actual knob? It was a little knob. You had an analog it. VHS player? It, <laughs> what? How no, old are you? The knob was for tracking. No, I know, but you, you, can, you can, like, you can just, you can, there was a button that you pushed and it was auto-tracking. It automatically did it. I'm older than you, Greg. Yeah, that's what I mean. You right. had, like, did you have to wind it yourself yeah. or something? Yeah, we wound it by hand. <laughs> you know what I thought was, like, really, I don't know, extravagant? Was people who had, like, a VHS rewinder. Even They didn't want to just use their VHS player. It's like, mm, well, yeah. I want to watch the, the next video right away. I can't wait, like, a minute. 
Well, yeah, because that would also... ruin your spools faster. Rewinding and fast forwarding. Yeah, it would be a spool fool. It would. It <laughs> that's, would... What, that's what the advertisement was for it's the an episode of Spool Fools. <laughs> When I went to buy my VHS rewinder, which yes, I had one. Uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> the advertisement at the store said, "Don't be a spool fool. Get a rewinder." I think you're being fooled by thinking that spool fooling is real. <laughs> you almost had it. I'm a spool fool fool. You're right. Yeah. I. <laughs> it does wear out your playheads, though. That's why it was always like. It's like pl- pressing stop rewind. Hold on, spool playheads? Aren't these just big words that stupid people say to sound smart? <laughs> Not that I'm accusing you of that. I'm fired, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would call something about stop rewind. Press stop rewind and not, what, pause rewind? Pause rewind. Pause rewind lets you see the f- see the frames as they go, like, it lets you see the actual videos right. as they go by. Right. And that wears out your playheads even more, mm-hmm. right? If you push stop rewind, eh, somehow it doesn't. Right. Yeah. I don't call this. This is all very useful information for people from 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about laser <laughs> This episode was written by four people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Al Jean, Mike Rice, uh, Mike Reese, Reese, yeah. Reese, Sam Simon, and Matt Groening. What the man himself? What? Is that rare? Yeah. yeah, super rare. Oh, yeah. So he created the show and walked he, away. Well, he didn't no. walk away, but he created the show. He created the characters, and yeah. he still created some characters as the show went on. But for the most part, he was just executive producer. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me, because I really love Life in Hell, and it doesn't remind me of The Simpsons much. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. You've read Life in Hell. I, yeah, it's great. Have you two both read Life in Hell? Uh, just bits of it, not quite as much as James has. James, tell me about it, because <laughs> I've never read it. It's absurd and dark and a little mean-spirited and just, like, very, very funny. Okay. Okay. I can see some of that. In the Simpsons early episodes, when they're yeah, and of course the the rabbits in like the uh, educational videos in the Simpsons are the characters from Life in Hell. Yeah, yeah, approximations. Yeah. Fuzzy Bunny and um, <laughs> Bongo and the uh, and the referee in the boxing game. He didn't see that episode. Oh, he didn't see that episode. Yeah. That was last time. Any hoot. Um, <laughs> Bart befriends some bullies for a time being, and they tell him to cut the head off of Jebediah Springfield. False. They say it would be cool if someone cut the head off of Jebediah's Thus but that to... was just cloud talk man yeah thus leading to my favorite joke what's that of the episode uh, Homer's advice oh yes <laughs> um, that is quite good when yes. Bart goes to ask his father for advice um, he asks him is it important to be popular and Homer responds with one of my favorite things he says um, being popular is the most important thing in the world. And he says, so if I do something that I normally wouldn't do to be popular, that's okay. And he says, you're not going to kill anyone, are you? <laughs> and he says, no. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, then run along, boy. <laughs> uh, parenting, really. So it's summed up as the most important thing in the world is being popular as long as you don't kill anyone. 
That's yeah. that is Homer's advice, and I find that is the best joke of the episode. And I stand by that advice to this day. Okay. And look where it's got me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lovely home. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And the Simpsons podcast. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? And two TVs in my living room. The most popular kid in school. <laughs> My mom says I'm the most handsome kid in school. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney make their appearance. That's right. For the first time. The trio we previously of... met... Say Jimbo, Dolph... And Kearney. Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney? Yes. Are their names? Correct. <laughs> I only remember Jimbo. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the one to remember because uh, because of the girl next door. Uh, yeah. Falls in love with Lisa? Falls in no. love with Laura. Laura. Who's the special guest episode, or character... That uh, Bart falls in love with. That's right. Lovejoy. Laura Lovejoy. No. Nope. That's thinking Meryl of Meryl Streep. Streep. That's Meryl Streep. Um, That's Meryl Streep? Yeah. yeah. Jessica wow. Lovejoy. Doesn't she nail it? Uh, well, I just, what doesn't she nail it? I know, right? <laughs> what range? Uh, My God. I can't wait to see her play... King Kong. Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> King Kong Gandhi. That's King the Gandhi. New, it's the new mashup movie. That nobody asked for. <laughs> so, a little talking point here. Oh. Uh, the Simpsons are super churchy. Yes. Maybe the most religious family on TV at this point in time. Yes. According to Guinness, actually, I saw a listing mm. in there. They're the most religious family on television. Really? There you go. Yeah. This was like in 2000. So, And this episode is the first time we see them go to church. It is, and that introduces us to Reverend Lovejoy. Reverend Lovejoy. Timothy Lovejoy. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, not his wife, though. Not, not yet. Wife. Not yet. Um... And that leads us into some, uh, into one just absolutely excellent um, of the time moment where she pulls out a personal stereo uh, <laughs> yeah. that Bart has. I just, a personal stereo? It's like, what? Nobody calls it that, first <laughs> <What>? of all. <laughs> it's just a block. It's yeah. just a brick. It's a brick. Do you think that brick. maybe that was a joke at the time? You know what I mean? Like calling it a personal stereo? Or do you think that's actually what the writers think it was called? You know what I mean? Because I feel like it could be uh, Marge being the unhip parent who's like, a, a personal stereo instead of calling it a Walkman. Mm. You know what I mean? Or do you think it was just what, at the time, the writer's like, oh, that's what it is called. Mm-hmm. We will call it that. Not, let's make a, a joke about Ma- Marge's uh, character. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was that uh, self-aware. Yeah? No, I, I think that's what they were called then, is personal stereo. Because that's actually what it is. Right? It's Great. just a radio. That Homer uses to listen to listen to the game. Great! I loved the Sunday school stuff. Oh, right! So that was really funny. And There's that's her first appearance of face. Miss, Miss Albright, which is the Sunday school teacher. Oh yeah, she comes back a couple times. Yeah, she oh. does. She is never remains. She's not character. super super recurring, but she does come back. Yeah, she does. Um, uh, heaven is for people. <laughs> and is a little blind faith too much to ask? <laughs> that my favorite was when he's asking about the amputee or whatever. She's like, for yeah. the last time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will my dog be up there? No. Will my cat? Will my amputated leg? For the last time, yes. <laughs> I think that's one of the one of the earlier examples of a good uh, fuck with the audience joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, because, like, anytime someone says, for the last time, comma, the yeah. expectation is no. Yeah. And that's why it's funny. Uh, it's also, it's. It, I think it also almost rolls into a good joke, better joke. Mm-hmm. Um, because just her saying, back. just her saying, um, like, 
her her saying like a dogs won't go cats won't go right mm-hmm. heaven is for people yeah. and then her that's a funny that's that's pretty funny uh, and then her saying for the last time yes that's funny cuts back to the congregation right and then it cuts back and then it's, it's a little blind faith too much to ask right <laughs> and it just builds on itself and that's we're we're getting there yeah we're getting to that point um of, of good joke better joke so far the only time where i've seen a true good joke better joke has been when albert brooks is involved yes um in the call of the simpsons and later <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned yeah um uh so after after this i can safely say with the scene of them going to church that marge is becoming her real self yeah I think the the writers are finding out who Marge is. Yeah, she's not getting drunk in this episode. No, actually, that was we we saw an episode where Marge got super wasted. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, Homer played the the disapproving. Uh, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. The disapproving. <laughs> it was spouse. weird. Yeah. It seems like Marge would only get drunk when like you know there's there's drama that she's getting away from or something, or when it's a Long Island iced tea. That's the only thing I'm thinking of, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a glass of wine every day. I know the doctor says she should drink two glasses, but I just can't drink that much. I just can't drink that much. <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, and then my first stop the tape joke of the episode reveals itself. Space Mutants 4, the trilogy continues. Stop the tape. Let's never do that again. It's going to happen every time you say it. Please don't. That was more of a record. Well. <laughs> Space Mutants 4 sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. The trilogy continues. Yeah, the trilogy continues. That sounds... <laughs> that's, that's the best tagline. Yeah. That's the best way to name a fourth movie. Yeah. Like, it's unnecessary, so why not let's just call out on it. So let's... Um, ooh! Bart asking his dad for his for, for money. Mm-hmm. Bart would just have his dad's wallet in future seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bart, where's my wallet? Right, right here! Dad. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Uh, or, but there, I mean, there are times, like, I can't or, remember what it is, where he's when, like, Dad, can I have $2,000? And he's just like, what's up? Here you go, wait. Wait. What for? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the, the play with Bert asking him for money in in the the run of the show. Yeah, um, or when... Uh, when Bart asks Lisa, "Is hey, is Dad's credit card number still da 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 da?" and then she says, "You know it is." <laughs> <laughs> he has it all memorized at the expiry of date. Of course, it's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Um, is this the first appearance of the Aztec movie theater? I believe it is. Yeah, this movie theater will actually be in the entire run of the series. We will visit this movie theater many, many, many times. Honk up your horny. Yeah, and Itchy and Scratchy, the movie. Itchy and Scratchy, the movie. Yeah. Um, that one where they go to uh, where Mr. Burns' son is found. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they go there. Um, it's all at the Aztec movie theater. Oh, when Homer gets uh, incredibly overweight. Yeah, it's Honk up your horny. Is that Honk up your Okay. Yeah. Or a fridge too far, but that's a joke one that that wise guy says to him. Right. Hey, Betty, I got a movie for you. <laughs> a fridge too far. Oh, uh, yeah, the sarcastic guy. It's right. Wise guy. Yeah. It's the same. Whatever. Um, Simpsons Encyclopedia Cup podcast. We got to get the names right. Yeah. <laughs> when they, um, 
when they're when when the when the boys are hurling stuff at the uh, statue at the statue yeah at the statue of Jebediah, um, a shopkeep comes out. And he tells these hooligans to go away. Yeah, and I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, as as they leave, he says, "Hey, hey, you, hey, hey, you," exactly the same, twice. <laughs> yeah, they clearly looped it. Yeah, they they looped it. I don't I don't know what exactly that was about. <laughs> uh, I feel like it. I mean, there's there's other instances of that in the series that are less glaring. Mm-hmm. But, and it feels like it's just, you know, it's one of those things where they record it and they're like, oh, it needs to be a little bit longer. Mm. Fuck it, just play it again. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time to go back to South Korea and do this. <laughs> oh my god. Also, I want to point out that we get the full name of Jebediah Springfield in this episode. Did you get it? <laughs> it's Jebediah Obadiah Zachariah Jenediah Springfield. <laughs> Is it Jenediah or Jedediah? Je- Jebediah and then Jenediah, Jenediah, according to this. Okay. Another little stop the tape moment is in that documentary. <laughs> stop the tape. Is where <laughs> there's text at the bottom of the screen that says, or, or no, it doesn't, it's not text. He says, bear, B-A-R-E. Oh my god, that's, that's my favorite joke of the episode. It's when he's like, they're talking, it's a documentary or whatever, yeah. right? And they're talking about uh, Jebediah Springfield killing the bear and it's like, Killed a bear with his bare hands. That's B A R E. That's B A R E hands. <laughs> Which immediately puts into my mind: if they didn't say that, how many people would think they mean he had actual bare hands? Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the crux of the episode is Bart taking the head yeah. of Jebediah Springfield's statue. Yes. Um. Yeah, and chased by the mob. And getting chased by the And mom. then uh, him and Homer are confronted, and Homer decides to, to stick with his boy. Even though he doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> to die in, together. As they are teared uh, limb from limb by an yeah. angry mob. Yeah. Uh, torn. Um, and... <laughs> Did you say Tarn? Oh, I misspoke. Yeah, let's call me out on it. Well, Natalie and Bruglia would be angry. Whatever. Uh... <laughs> But broken on the floor. <laughs> there it is. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a music reference. Jewel. Have you heard of music? Yeah. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I vaguely. Okay. Jewel. Jewel. Yeah, that's what Ja Rule changed his name to when he changed into a folk singer. Yes. <laughs> anyway. It's spelled J-U-L-E. Yeah. <laughs> Still scream out murder. It's odd for a folk music. Um, yeah, so basically, Bart makes an impassioned plea to the mob, and they forgive him, and the town comes together in unison for one brief moment. And wonderfully, this is a moment where we see a lot of new faces mm-hmm. in the crowd. Like Krusty the Clown. Oh my gosh! So it's weird because because they start at the end. Yeah, we see Krusty before we really know who he is. Yeah, unless you like are really lost levels of watching the early episodes um, when unless, it aired, and unless like, you were like an... oh, there's a clown on the on the cereal box. Yeah, uh, I bet that's a that's a children's cartoon clown. He's an all uh, unless there's an a lot of fanatic theories about The Simpsons when uh, it came out. When it came out. When it came out. When The Simpsons came out on television. 
Like in 1989. Yeah, people, season, people the message boards, message boards were the message boards. Yeah, <laughs> they were just they were actual like, and they cork were boards. <laughs> they yeah. were comparing it to Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever at happened, the time, happened, man. At the time, Whatever happened, happened. Nobody understood, but now we all do. So the wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we see Krusty the Clown uh, and Sideshow Bob more notably. I'd say, yeah, because I would he, too. Because he is an iconic character now. And he looks like a fat mess. He's a... <laughs> in this episode. He's fat. His hair is more of a fro yeah. than, like, his... Than his octopod. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... And you wonder... Like, I'm excited to get to the Krusty Gets Busted I'm episode. I'm super excited. That's in our next episode, I think. It'll be... Yeah. Because we got three more left of the season. That's right. Um, but because... It'll be interesting to see how they decided... Let's make this random background character a villain. Yeah, you know, and get Kelsey Grammer to voice him. <laughs> and when which he, is crazy. When he first opens his mouth, it's going to be oh man. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode in so long. Yeah, me too. Uh, so there we go. We have Krusty and we have Sideshow Bob. Yes, um, no Sideshow Mel yet. No, not yet. Sideshow Mel doesn't come in until after Sideshow Bob gets busted. Oh, okay. Right, um, and he's he's Sideshow Bob's replacement. Oh, okay. Right? Um, and we also have the first appearance of Apu. That's right. A Hossapima Pedalon. Yeah. I didn't think that... I, I, I honestly wasn't ready for that. It was, uh, it was a shock to see Apu have an origin. <laughs> I just always thought, an origin? I just always thought he was there. I don't know if I'd call this an origin. It's an origin. Alright. Yeah. Oh, well, right. There's the... Where he gets, like, in that act, nuclear accident. And his family gets killed. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Apu. Gives him a motivation. Yeah. Backstory. Yeah, a little a, bit. A will for revenge. Yeah. Um, brown hair Barney. Brown hair Barney, yep. He's still around. And different Moe's Tavern. Yeah, the, yeah, he's still the design... Wearing the pink, he's still wearing the pink apron. Mm, yeah, and the point. design of Moe's Tavern and uh, Mr. Burns' office and certain other locales are very... Preliminary still. Yeah, yeah Mr. Burns' office was, uh, was kind of like sort of nice and clean. Yeah, it's a little cozy, eh? Instead of like dusty Big and, and intimidating. Fast. Yeah, yeah. They still don't have a handle on who on who Burns is. Yet. No, no, like at all. Um, the closest they've come is no disgrace like home. Uh, yeah, because he's like because he's like thank you all for coming. Please get off my property within ten minutes. The hounds will be released. Yes. All right. That being said, that premise that premise is would, the least. Yeah. Mr. Burns. Yeah. The, so in that episode is where he invites the power plant employees to his house for a, a picnic. Right. There's Jello joke. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jello joke. Everyone knows Jello joke. Yeah. <laughs> that um, classic one. Yeah. Like you. Like that wouldn't happen in the in the golden seasons. No. Absolutely not. No. Um, he becomes becomes more like Charles Foster Kane in the later seasons. But Very with much. Burns, there is they sort of set up the thing that he never he doesn't know who Homer is. Maybe that's just yeah. the first time. But Smithers is like that's something from Seven yep. G. Yeah, yeah, and I think the uh, you know they mu- they must have had an I- like this idea already because I mean in the No Disgrace Like Home picnic one he does ask Smithers you know who are these and Smithers just tell him who they are and what the relationship to all- so he's like oh this is your wife Marge you know what I mean. But they must have had an idea that they wanted to make that a recurring thing because in this one he says, I'll never forget this. Or I'll never forget you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, not in this episode, in the next one. Yeah, in the next one. Uh, uh, no, in the... Um, Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, it's in Homer's Night Out where he talks about that. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
those two kind of blur together because they're very similar. They are. The plot structure. They are. And we'll talk about that. And I think we should yeah. get into that now. Let's move on to... Um, but overall, what did we feel? How do we feel about this episode? And how does it rank for you in the episodes that we've seen so far? This is one of the episodes that's really iconic for me. Yeah. Like, the, the idea of the head has always been a staple of my Simpsons uh, memories. Mm-hmm. Just like the, you know, Bart carrying the head. I think it because they also use it in many clip shows, mm-hmm. so that helps. But, um, and I like the, I like the idea of, um, because Bart has, has always been, like, the bad kid. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that they play with here. They play with it a bit in Bart the General as well, where Nelson is really the bad kid and Bart's more of a kid who gets picked on. But they play with it more here where he's a bad kid, but he won't be like Jimbo ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he he likes to play pranks, and he likes to goof around and that kind of thing, but at the end of the day, he's he has a good heart, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to, like, do any specific harm. Well, Marge says it best when when she talks to uh, Luann Van Houten about it. Mm-hmm. When she talks about Bart's spark. Right. How he has a spark, and it's not a bad thing, but sometimes it makes him do bad things. Right. Right? And that's why she calls him her special little guy, mm-hmm. right? Because she's like the only one who can actually truly understand yeah. that Bart is good. Yeah. Right? The episodes where Marge gets actually mad at Bart, uh, I'm thinking specifically of Marge Be Not Proud, yep. um, hit, the, hit home the most because of their relationship. Yeah. And we'll get to that one day. <laughs> yeah. Soon. <laughs> Not actually soon. Mm, be uh, I thought this was a good episode. I it's been it's been ages and ages since I've actually seen it. I think not since I saw it on uh, syndication on CBC when they were running out of shows. <laughs> That's where I watched it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I've seen it since since all the way back then. Uh, and once again, those friggin' clip shows kept me up to date. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh, what about you, James? I liked it. What really stands out for me about this episode, and actually all three we watched today, is how they all have like sort of a rock hard morality at the center of them. They're very moral, have like sort of a strong mm-hmm. message that it everything is gathered around. the The commentary and the satire is more on the periphery. Like yeah. it's there, but it's yeah, yeah, and that's James L. Brooks for you. Mm. Oh yeah, he pushes that that aspect of the show. Yeah. Um, when he stops yeah. doing that, you'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so moving on. Life in the fast lane. No gags! No gags. Moving oh, on. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> another episode where it just cuts right to the action. Cut to the quick. Cut to the quick. Cut to the pancakes. Yeah. Both times so far, it's cut to food right away. That's a good point. Ah, theme? Mm? Theme? Uh, pancakes? Yeah. Pancakes? <laughs> good. Muffins? Written by Schwartzwalder. That's right. Hungry. Both of them have been written by Schwartzwalder. He... Both of the episodes that have cut right to food. That's right, that's right. Have been written by John Schwartzwalder. Mm. Um, We're really getting to the, to the heart of this. Yeah, yeah. This conspiracy. Life on the fast lane. A... On or in? It's life on the fast lane oh. because it is a reference to the Eagles title, Life in the Fast Lane. Oh, so they changed one one letter. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Eagles song. You bowl on a lane, but you live in a lane. <laughs> Life in the fast lane. Life in the fast lane. Squeak little doo 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 doo. 
yeah. uh, guitar song. classic mm. guitar riff by the maestro Joe Walsh. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, so this episode opens with the kids being kids, and I found that really great. Yeah. Um, making their mom, uh, birthday. Breakfast in bed. Yeah, birthday breakfast in bed. Did you guys bed. ever make breakfast in bed for your parents? I did once. It went really poorly. Oh. <laughs> I have, I think I needed my dad's help. Yeah. Um, and well, you, also, didn't, you didn't have siblings, so. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it happened once or twice. You were I think, alone. I think I for got most the, of I... your life. Oh. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, being a, an only child is kind of like all your siblings are dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pull off, James. <laughs> I'm sorry for leading you down that path, but I, think I, I regret my decision. I actually think I got the idea of like, oh, it's a standard thing for like mom to get breakfast in bed mm-hmm. on Mother's Day or her birthday or whatever is from The Simpsons. Oh, really? I think I got a lot from The Simpsons that is just sort of invisible to me. Yeah, yeah. But as I'm rewatching these episodes, I'm thinking like a lot of sort of my moral structure and <laughs> idea about the way the world is came from yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. I can't, I can't say for sure it was The Simpsons that instilled that the breakfast in bed thing, but it definitely was TV mm-hmm. in general. It might have been the Bernstein Bears for me. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Not gonna lie, I am he younger looks than like you a guys. Bear. bear. That's why I was brother bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, guess uh, guess who my sister was? Uh, sister bear. Tuffy, actually. Oh. <laughs> God damn it! Grizzly bear. <laughs> Not everything is so cut and dry. I right, love those well, shades of gray. I'd... Sorry. Um, At least 50 of them. Yeah. Good one. Thanks. so funny. Thanks. Um, I don't get it. It's from a movie film. A movie film. Uh, So, the reason they're bringing mom breakfast in bed is because it's her birthday. Yeah. And... uh, Is this um, the first birthday we've celebrated with The Simpsons? I think it is. Yeah. Great. Um, More to come. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty. It's great. It's Um, also before they decided The Simpsons were frozen in time. Yes. And therefore they mention that Marge is 37, was it? 34. 34. 34. are definitely 34. Patty and Selma say 34, don't they? They, they, but say, they say, like, it's her 30, like, oh, 34 yeah. years or whatever. And okay. they That's are, how old you are, I, I think they're they're a little older than Homer. They're old. Oh, sorry. I think they're older than her, but yeah. Yeah, um, I think, because they graduated at the same time, Homer and Marge, right? Mm-hmm. So that would Homer mean. Homer was held back. Mm-hmm. Homer was held back. Though. Was, was he? I think so. Um, so that would make sense why he, he would be, um, they freeze his age at 36. Yeah. And I don't know what they freeze Marge's age at. I don't know if it's 34 or 35. It's probably 34. Yeah. Because I don't think they ever mention her age again in the series. Okay. Um. So it would just by logic. You know, the kids seem like kids in this episode. Mm-hmm. They Which, do, and that's yeah. why I wrote down, like, the kids are being kids. Kids being kids. Yeah. yeah. They gain a lot more sort of clever self-awareness later on. They're just like... Small, yeah, and that's something, aware. especially with Lisa. We've noticed uh, in the first few episodes too is that she's just a little little girl, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, with like little hints of intelligence that is uh, supposed to be played for laughs. Like, oh, this is a little girl who likes ponies is also really smart. Yeah, like but when then you it becomes about the stages of uh, grief or yes, whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, 
But uh, eventually it becomes like her character, where she's not really a little kid. And then those are the moments that become funny. Mm-hmm. Because when that bleeds in, it's like, oh, she's still a little kid. But, yeah, it's kind of flipped in, the, in these instances. That's a gag that, for me, works in The Simpsons and doesn't work anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of Manny from Modern Family, which is my oh, yeah. least oh, favorite comic relief character yeah. ever. I agree. Why would you need completely. a comic relief character in a comedy? I'm sorry, I don't watch Modern Family. Like no, I, it's, it's not a comic relief character. It's just, like, that's his shtick, is that... He's like 11 years old and writes poetry and mm-hmm. just sort of speaks in sentences that kids wouldn't say. And that's supposed to be like funny, but it just, it's so awkward. It makes me embarrassed to watch. Yeah. Oh. I'm glad I don't watch that show. It's got some good Emmy stuff. winning comedy series. Is it still on, that thing? Yep. Yeah. Season six or something? I, I okay, I, I, should, I should say, I, I watched like half of the first season and I just couldn't really. I couldn't get into it. It's fine. There's, it's, it's inoffensive. Yeah. I like <laughs> oh, Phil, great. That's, that's exactly what I like to hear. Yeah, I like Phil Dunphy. That's, yeah. That's about it. He's really funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some things work really well, some things don't. Yeah. Uh, I just, just can't, can't love it, you know? That's totally fair. But it's not like according to Jim where I just like detest it, so. <laughs> that's what I mean by inoffensive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, poor Jim. Uh, the wrong Belushi died. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. He's just, he's probably a nice he's guy. He's probably super nice. Plays in his band. <laughs> Good time. Does he have a band? Yeah, uh, of course he does. <laughs> probably. You're thinking of the Blues Brothers. And that's John Belushi. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jim plays the blues as well. Not as notably. <laughs> you can say that for a lot of things. <laughs> I think there's been like things where Dan Aykroyd would come back together and then he'd get Jim to like play John yeah. to do like a Blues Brothers bit. Well, no, they do. John Goodman comes and does John Belushi's part. Oh, does he? So that was Blues Brothers 2000. That's what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then on the SNL 40th anniversary thing, that's what happened. It was Jim Belushi? It no, was John no, Goodman. It was John Goodman. Great. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is not about Modern Family or, or the, Blues, the Brothers, Blues Brothers or, or the, the Blues Brothers 2000. Or according to Jim, this is it the, is however about John Belushi. That's right. <laughs> or Soul Man. This is the Encyclopedic Compendium of John Belushi. <laughs> Animal Some people House, say guys. I look like John Belushi. I wouldn't say that. James? No, I wouldn't say it either. All right. I can't. I don't know. I haven't seen you without. Well, Emil Hirsch already took the biopic spot from me. So, are they making a John Belushi biopic with yeah, Emil Hirsch? Emil Hirsch, really? Emil Hirsch, isn't he like really small? Isn't he the guy from Speed Racer? No, that one too. <laughs> yeah, but where he goes out on an adventure into and the dies. wild. Yeah, into, into the, the wild. wild. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I don't see it. No, I, but I don't know. I didn't cast it. I, I would have cast me. Why would you? You obviously did cast this. <laughs> Why would you cast Emil Hirsch? Emil Hirsch is so handsome. We should get back to The Simpsons. We should get back to The Simpsons. We are going on a tangent and a half. Uh, I'd like to mention um, my, one of my um, one, one of the one of the greatest things ever in in this in this episode, Great. and it is Albert Brooks. Yeah, I shock. just really wanted to get to Albert Brooks hmm. real quick. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. Um, For the listener, I just pulled up a picture of John Belushi and Emil Hirsch side by side. All right. Are we done? <laughs> are we done with that? Can we talk about Albert Brooks for a second? All yes. right. Um, <laughs> he is amazing, and the entire bowling lesson is my favorite joke. Oh yeah, like that five-minute extended piece, just him just going off and doing his Albert Brooks thing. Yeah, it feels like he's just given carte blanche. I don't know if he was kind of. Yeah, well, he yeah he definitely uh, in the the earlier so he was in an earlier episode of the Call of the Simpsons and he was uh, I don't know I don't know if carte blanche is necessarily the right yeah way to describe it, but he definitely was given reign. Yeah, okay. maybe not free reign. <laughs> yeah, but then was, it would have been yeah, it would have been long. way too long. Yeah, <laughs> but he was definitely given the opportunity to just riff because he's really good at it. Um, <clears throat> fun fact: the moment where Marge laughs in the episode in the bowling lesson was unscripted, and it was Julie Kavner laughing oh. at Albert Brooks because he was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> they record their dialogue together. Yes, often, like, not always. Obviously, not the um, obviously not the guest stars all the time, right? Um, like one of the reasons, like the only reason why Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney were in an episode is because one of the writers like flew to London to get them to record their dialogue. Yeah, um, and the only reason he wrote them into the episode is because he wanted to meet them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously you're not going to record all of those guest stars in the same room all the time, right? But the principal cast typically records together. Mm-hmm. Um, they have table reads yeah. together, at least. Oh, yeah. Table right? reads, for sure. And, off, yeah, often they will record together, specifically uh, Dan and... or Sorry, Hank and um, Harry, mm-hmm. because they riff off each other often. Okay. Um, <clears throat> specifically Skinner and uh, Chalmers. <laughs> if you watch any Skinner and Chalmers interactions, often there's a lot of improv in there. Because that's what they do when you have those characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's a battle? Said, so what's that rattle? <laughs> I have a cold. I have a cold. So you, oh, so you hear bees is ours? <laughs> uh. Northern Lights. This time of the Aurora Borealis. Aurora. Yes. <laughs> At this time of year, in this part of the country, situated entirely in your kitchen. <laughs> yes. Yes. May I see it? No. <laughs> um, so, not only is does, does Schwarzwelder write this episode, but one of the most pro- prolific Simpsons directors directs this episode, David Silverman. That's right. Uh, he also uh, directs, like, over a, just a lot of episodes, and the movie. Mm-hmm. He's, he 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 directs the movie, which also has Albert Brooks in it. Oh, yeah, very excited about that. Kind of, not really. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite Albert Brooks line in this episode? Mine is, and it's coupled with so it, it's great on its own, but coupled with the perfect choice of animation is when he says it's a forty dollar value. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because he says it, and his his uh, like animation is just him like leaning into Marge, angry. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like suddenly he's not this Lothario anymore. Yeah, he's a businessman being like, "It's a forty dollar value." <laughs> That's how great of a deal you're getting. We have already. And it's begun. really funny. The brunch line. It's not quite 
breakfast. <laughs> it's not quite lunch. Nobody knows what it is, but it comes with a slice of cantaloupe at the end. Always defined what brunch was for, <laughs> Absolutely. for me forever. You don't quite get you what, what, you what you would at breakfast, but you get a good meal. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those great. things that I didn't know what brunch was until this episode. Yeah. Until I saw this episode. Yeah. Um, thought I thought it was invented by the show. The yeah. <laughs> nice. Another very similar line that I always think of was, like, what's a Muppet? Well, it's not a mop, and it's, <laughs> it's not a puppet, puppet but oh, man. man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, four more uh, four four more onion rings. Oh, four onion rings! <laughs> yeah. He four. shouts it, and he loses his French accent completely. Oh, you guys have to explain to me a joke he says actually, because I don't get the seven ten split eights a cop joke. I don't know what that means. <laughs> how do you, how do you make a seven? How do so you... seven ten split is a bowling reference. Okay, so it's like so, the seventh pin and the ten pin. How do you? Yeah. So like the the the. It's playing with expectations, right? So it's like, oh, yeah. how do you make a seven ten split? So like, how do you actually bowl that correctly? Right. Okay. And then it's like, you say the eight is a cop or whatever, and so then it's a numbers joke, because then the seven and the ten are going to split, because they're scared of the cop. Yeah. You it's not the, a great joke. You say the eight's a cop, the two pins think that an, a, another pin is going to come arrest them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's That's, not a great joke. No, it's a terrible it's joke. It's pretty poor. It's a, it's a 40 But it's, thing. yeah, it's a, okay. and the way he delivers it is it's really great. Right. Yeah. So she, because it's, I think that was the that's the one the that, improv. Yeah, that's the one that she laughs at. <laughs> so I think it's, that's why she's laughing. It's, it's more just like, who is this guy? Yeah, who's <laughs> <laughs> just saying these lines out of nowhere? So Albert Brooks, like Albert Brooks, like had this like bowling joke in his back pocket. Yeah, and he's just ready to bust out, and he's like, oh, perfect, I'm on a cartoon that I play a bowling instructor. I can finally <laughs> say my joke. So I know he's in a lot of Simpsons episodes. Is he a producer? No, no, he's just. Uh, who is it? Is he related who to James L. Brooks? He is a personal friend of James L. Brooks. Yes, oh, but they're not. Related. They're not related. Okay. No, yeah. um, he was in a lot of he, James L. Brooks movies. Have him in it as well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's 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 in a bunch of those. The movies. in-laws. I'm thinking of specifically. Huh. Really? <laughs> really Do you guys know who because... directed Real Life? Albert Brooks starred in That's that. That's God, man. Uh, it's a movie called Real Life, starring <laughs> Albert Brooks, and it's really funny. Okay. Uh, he's like. Any movie with him in it is like worth watching his scenes. Um, he's so good. He's funny guy. Um, and like he can do it all. I mean, drive, drive, finding Nemo. Fine, yeah. Uh, he was a bad guy in something not too long ago. Drive, drive. Right. Sorry, I was thinking of <laughs> that he played the mechanic, but no, he played the guy. Right, yeah, he yeah. played the guy who killed the, mecha- the, yeah. the, the oh, mechanic. Yeah. Spoilers. So I there's, seen it yet. there's that. <laughs> Just all right. We did a podcast on it. We three in this room did a podcast on it. Get out, get out. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's we uh, we break up every single. Episode. <laughs> uh, so breaking up is hard to do. Um, there's the the whole crux of this episode is um, Marge is tempted. Marge is tempted by a handsome. Suave bowling man. Yeah, and mm. like she is super close to, like fucking him. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Uh, but he is just fuckable. You know, he's not like an he lives at Fiesta available. Terrace, yeah, a place for singles, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Like it's exactly what it is. Is that what? It, yeah, place for singles. Okay. A place for singles. Exact wording. I think that's it. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, you're right. He would just be like a, a bone and dump phone. Um, yeah. And and I mean it's the classic setup of 
you know, the husband, Homer in this case, mm-hmm. doing something boneheaded and uh, irritating the wife. And who, thoughtless. Yeah. His thoughtlessness in this episode really was harsh. It was it was tough to, to believe. Yeah. I feel. It really in the in the opening uncomfortable. scene. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. Like his whole stupidness about the bowling ball. Yeah. And yeah. fake. Oh, I thought you'd like it. And then when she's like, I'm keeping it, he's like, what? You don't even bowl. It's like, dude. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's not even, he's not even trying. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's this, uh, for me, it's Schwarzwelder, this guy. <laughs> I'm noticing something with his scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, his first act conceits aren't great. Yeah. Um, because it's the same thing as in the previous Albert Brooks episode, which Schwarzwelder also wrote. Um, Albert the General. No, um, oh. the uh, the one, the Call of the Simpsons. Oh, right. Um, where they're hanging off the cliff, right? Right. Mm-hmm. For no other reason than they need to be there. Yeah. Right. Uh, for the jokes and the story to go right, and he's inconsiderate for no other reason than they need the story to be that way, mm-hmm. and. That is probably my chief um, criticism of this episode, that I don't really buy that. But it's okay because we get such a satisfying conclusion out of it, I find. Yeah, I like I like the ending where I think the, the moment where he talks about her sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the series yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, like it's it's really honest and really touching. Mm-hmm. And true to the characters. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, Castellaneta delivers it wonderfully. Oh, he nails it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the first times that an episode made me a little emotional. Mm-hmm. And that'll happen many more times later in the series, but this is the first time they've they've really nailed that emotionality. Emotionality. Dan, Dan, Castellaneta, sure. okay. Dan Castellaneta never doesn't nail it. That's true. I, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's so good. Sometimes just the noises he makes as Homer are so funny. <laughs> Abba! Abba! <laughs> Lisa on ice, for those of you yes. who don't know what episode we are directly that, that's quoting. That weird sound we just made. <clears throat> um, it only happens then, yep. and it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so, his boneheadedness in the beginning um, is driven home I think because they actually show him trying first you know where he's like obviously he forgets his wife's birthday like that's a classic Homer thing to do that's fine mm-hmm. uh, he does what I think is the first instance of the joke that I never find not funny which is oh I'll be right back yep. and then you hear sound effects of someone leaving <laughs> you know <laughs> like I, I just have to go use, for a stroll all around the block and, and then, what sells it is how everyone in the frame is stationary yes. listening, <laughs> just to, listening it. to it yeah <laughs> like when Krusty does it uh, in the the clown college episode mm-hmm. it's like I just need to go to the bathroom it's like an airplane and then when he's done that when he's done in there I gotta go it's always the, it's always the same joke though, right? Because it's yeah. like it's the freeze frame. They're they they are not moving, and it just sounds. Just except sound. for one time where he climbs the, he's like, "I'm going to go upstairs and get your present for Valentine's Day," uh, in a later episode, and he climbs, he runs up the stairs, and then you hear, yeah, you see him fall from the the drainage pipe outside and then run away. <laughs> 
But it's always it's always buttoned with a punchline. Yeah. Right? I think you forgot your birthday, Mom. Yeah. Right? When he's done in there, I gotta, I gotta go. go. Yeah. Right? The, it's, it always has a button on it, and it's always perfect. It's great, yeah. Um, even though, like, I think you forgot your birthday, Mom, is like, is like that, that wouldn't be funny just on its own. Yeah. Right? With all of that lead up. Yeah. It just it deflates the tension so wonderfully, you just can't help but laugh. But the next thing, what I believe Homer wouldn't do is buy a gift that's obviously for himself, mm-hmm. that Marge is like not going to see through this ploy. Exactly. Like, he would buy a shitty gift. Yes, absolutely. But Something not very thoughtful, no. and you know, he's like, maybe she'll like this, I don't know her that well, yeah. or whatever. But this is too but this is just Yeah, it's just too like, oh, this will be a good trick to play on my wife, and it's just yeah. not him. Yeah. So, that being said... Um, the stuff with Jacques is great. Yeah. The ending is great. The ending is great. Officer and gentleman. Yeah, officer and gentleman. Yeah. Uh, the, you know the the capper line is uh, a classic now. Today. It is. Yeah, it is. You know, I tell like, what should I say to the boss? Tell him. Oh, tell yeah. him I'm going yeah. to the back seat of my car with the woman I love. And I won't be back for ten minutes! Everyone's cheering. <laughs> the way he says ten minutes is perfect. Because it's so triumphant. Yeah. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. But then she's like hanging on to him, and I just think it's sweet. It's anyway. so sweet, yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, and I think that, that, like, I think it works because it's not. For ten minutes, and she's like, oh, like, rants. <laughs> My husband can't fuck me long. Uh, <laughs> It's oh, this is my this is the man I love, and yeah. you know that's that's adorable that that he thinks ten minutes is long. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's it's so long, Greg. It's <laughs> really you guys wouldn't lie to me, right? No, never. Good. Moving on. Life in the fast lane. Um, on the fast lane. This also has the first appearance of Lenny Leonard and Helen Lovejoy. That's right. Yeah, and what? Leonard. Wait. Lenny. Lenny. Lenny Leonard. Lenny Leonard. His his last name's Leonard. He's the white one. Sorry. Carl does not sound like Carl yet. No, he's in the next episode. He's in the next episode. Yes, but correct. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Lenny White, Carl Black. Yeah. Uh, So, <laughs> yeah, he uh, Lenny appears for the first time, um, as well as is it Howard or what's his what's that other guy's name who's like kind of a periphery? Oh, the, the like the he's, yeah. he's the one who he's like the 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 other nuclear technician. Yeah, he's the other friend, but doesn't talk ever really. Yeah, I never talk to him. And uh, he's like he's, he's like Charlie. Out. Charlie, yeah, I yeah, think that sounds right. Yeah, I, no, Charlie's another one. Charlie's, Charlie's like the thin-haired guy at the bar. Oh right, right yeah, and, the bar. Um, they they actually do give him a name in the episode. It's called the Trouble with Trillions. Oh, um, it, season thirteen or something. Yeah, it's the trillion dollar. Yeah, bill. with the trillion yeah. dollar bill. Um, because he's the because he says anyone plotting to overthrow the government, right? And he's got the big oh, wire on him, right? And it might have been Charles. I can't remember. Yeah. I'll find out and we'll, we'll uh, do correction or corrections and omissions. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll do that in the next episode of corrections and omissions. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, you see a bunch of the uh, nuclear technician guys, including Charlie or Howard. Uh, Choward. Choward. Whoever it may be. Um, and Helen Lovejoy. Yeah. And she appears uh, very uh, already establishing her character in her first line. Yep. <laughs> the gossipy wife of the reverend. 
Let's hope something hits her. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that Jock is in in this episode is gold. Oh, it's great. It's just gold. Um, and Marge's dream sequence. We have another example oh, yeah. of the dream sequences. With the cool coloring. Yeah. Oh, it reminds me a little bit of the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a big dance scene. Yeah, yeah. Bowling themes. Yeah. And, of course, the moon, as you have astutely observed. Oh, yeah. Is it's a bowling, bowling ball. ball. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Not even in the dream sequence. Just no, in the background of a shot. Real life. Yeah. In RL, mm-hmm. if you will. I will. Uh, so, what do we think? Final th- th- thoughts on this episode? Uh, so, it's another example of the first season using very tried and true sitcom family premises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of Albert Brooks, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending is very sweet. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two positives of the episode. Um, the negatives would be the like we talked about with Homer's yeah. boneheadedness. He's, he's, <clears throat> he's acting, he's acting stupid, but not in character stupid. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's so that kind of puts a sour note on it for me. But at the same time, I still really enjoy it, mostly because, like I said, Jacques is just really funny. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Fun fact. I just want to point out that I almost forgot to mention. Episode was originally titled Bjorn to be Wild, and Jacques was Bjorn, a Swedish tennis player. Albert Brooks was like, I think it'd be funnier if he's French. And a bowler. And a bowler. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was, but That's he great. changed it to French. And so that so the title's actually uh, almost commonly not commonly, but like uh, underground known as Jacques to be Wild. Hmm. Because they changed his name from Bjorn to Jacques. There so. you go. Fun facts with Alan. Where That's great, going? because the tennis player is such a cliche. Like yeah. the, the tennis coach. Tennis coach, yeah. I like that he's got he's a he's like a he's a he's a middle aged bowler with a paunch. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like totally Marge's type. Yeah. Actually. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um I'm really going to strike out tonight. <laughs> I think uh-huh. that scene's cut for syndication, if I remember correctly. Where it shows him in his apartment alone. Yeah. Because mm. it's uh, you know, it's t- it's tough for me. Uh, I kind of wish uh, on the DVDs there was like this was of that or something, you know. Like there probably is, maybe there is on special features, but but I do remember most of these episodes as the as they are aired in syndication. Mm-hmm. That's how I watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting seeing them on DVD and catching things because like that whole sequence, I'm like I don't remember this at all. So that's mm-hmm. why I think it was cut in syndication. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of those things that happen when I got. When I got my copies of the of the Simpsons as well, like it was just like what <laughs> deleted scenes? Yeah, on the in the episode what huh? what? When you say deleted scenes, usually on like an animation, it's like story like animated storyboards. No, Often. I mean like sometimes they, it'll be actually like fully uh, animated. Okay, yeah. yeah, like um, and what I mean by like a deleted scene is that this this scene was not included in syndication because they wanted to add an extra minute of commercials. Oh, I gotcha. That sort of thing. Um. So, I feel that this is the closest to a great episode that we've seen hmm. um, so far. Barring that unfortunate first act, um, uh, Homer's unfortunate first act shenanigans, um, I think it is the closest to uh, a great episode. And it's a great Marge episode, mm-hmm. which is those will become fewer and farther between as we go along. Yeah, because she's the hardest for the writers to write for, I guess. The cop episode, 
I like it. I like that oh, one. It's a great I, one. Yeah. Springfield yeah. Connection. It's too late for me, Marge. <laughs> Settle the jeans and live like a queen. <laughs> That's got some of the most iconic lines to me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great episode. Like, with the Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt when she comes home. <laughs> they didn't have my size, but you got the idea. <laughs> you got the idea. Um... So, it, yeah, it's really, really close to being a great episode. I love how it kind of uh, prods Marge's um, consciousness, and we see an imagination sequence of her, and we see her guilt-ridden and dealing with that guilt by overcompensating for that guilt, which Lisa immediately picks up on, Yeah, because she's really, really smart. Um, and we also get hints at Lisa's character's character to come, mm-hmm. and another wonderful performance by Albert Brooks, this will become a theme. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Homer's Night Out, starting with couchboard gags. Couchboard gags. Da, 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 da. I will not call my teacher hotcakes. Funniest one of the night. Great. <laughs> of Still two. relevant to the episode. Sure. Is it? Well, this is the. Oh, yeah. The... I guess the objectifying women one. Yeah. Uh... Um, and uh, no new couch gag. No. <laughs> no new couch gag. Just you know what uh, I noticed about this first season I didn't remember was that there's this weird scene where really poorly animated people like run after a bus. Yeah. In the opening <laughs> credits. In the opening credits, yeah. The, the whole opening sequence is, is weirdly different, even though it's the same. Yeah. If that makes sense. They're going to reanimate it, I think, in season two. I think so. Um, and then they're going to reanimate it again. Season in 20. Season 4. Oh. When Film Roman takes over. Right. But they do um, redo it in season 20. Yes, for they HD. do. They reanimate it in HD and I want to punch someone. Uh, wow. Do they ever overdo it? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I know, like, I know that's they really like, Phantom Menace that shit. Yeah, like, it's a huge, like, it's, it's a huge nitpick, right? Yeah. Oh, the opening title cards are overdone. But they are. Yeah. They are overdone in the in season 20. Something to be so, said about simplicity. So, sorry, just like they add too many, like, details that the new, like, technology offers them? It's Yeah, it's just, they, they cram as many of their iconic characters it's into the opening. It's so dense. And, There's so many things yeah. going on in every frame. That's what I meant by it. Like, yeah. literally, they put so much in there. Like, yeah. even when The Simpsons comes up, it's like, The Simpsons, they have a different thing, like, fly by in every episode maybe not everyone but like right. sometimes Pro- Professor Frank on his rocket boots or whatever or rocket on the rocket bike yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes like a crow that's a deep pole yeah. for season 20 you know if people really want to understand all of the references you guys do in this show they really need to watch the behind the scenes of uh, the Phantom Menace that's <laughs> <laughs> true that's true <laughs> shut up Rick Berman <laughs> what is it with Rick's <laughs> um so, uh, this I think this this episode has my favorite joke in it in the uh, in in the first act. Okay. Um, Homer's night out. Not great. Not great. Not a great episode. No. Um, what's this episode about, James? It's your turn. <laughs> All right. It's uh, <laughs> some guy's bachelor party at work, and he goes and he dances with a pretty lady, and Bart has a spy camera, and he takes a photo, and the photo gets circulated around, and it's embarrassing for Marge and for Homer, and he's on the outs, and so he has to teach Bart a lesson to make it up to Marge that women are not objects, and it's a little heavy-handed. Very succinct. Thank Just you. Just a little bit. Thank you very much, James. <laughs> um, so... Here's my favorite joke in the episode, Great. and it is a 
Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Thank you very much, Alan. I'm embracing it now. Great. Full uh, circle. Uh, Bart's piggy bank is taped together. Yeah. Presumably from when Homer, Homer smashed it. Him. Oh, I, I in thought an it earlier was, episode. I figured it was just oh, Bart has these. Yeah, of fame, and that's you know. actually I had that exact thought while watching it, having watched the earlier episodes recently. I'm like, I wonder if that's supposed to be yeah. a reference to when Homer did it, or if it's just supposed to be this happens often. Well, I'm taking this from what you just said. This right? might have been before they decided to freeze them right in time. Right, right. Um, so therefore. Some of it could be serialized, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And like it's a weekly thing, yeah. right? And you have loyal viewers coming back every week. Um, so we hope, presumably, from when Homer smashed it in Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, I have that a makes huge sense. hypothetical to throw oh, at you guys right now. You right. probably already know what it is. <laughs> but if they chose not to freeze time from the first episode, do you think the say golden years would have been as gold as they were? And do you think the Simpsons would have maybe uh, maintained some relevance to this day? Hmm. No. Nope. No. Okay. I don't. I don't think. No to both. Or? No. No to the first one. I don't think the golden years would have been as good because a lot of it depends on everything going back to zero at mm-hmm. the end. Status quo. Yeah. Okay. And everything starting from zero. And then hanging a lampshade on that sometimes. Yeah. Like... I, I guess I meant a little more about like them progressing in age more than oh. clicking back to zero plot wise. Right. Right. Um. Again, it... Well, uh, let's let's look at it uh, logically. So, let's say season 10, Bart's now 20 years old. Yeah. Right? That's a very different story than Bart still being 10 years old. He's a very different 10. character, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I see what you're saying, and I don't know if I have an answer for you. It's a completely different show. Yeah. It's a completely different yeah. show. Uh, it'd be very... Like, they, they would probably have a lot more, uh, you know milestones for the kids' lives. Yeah, you know? more like, oh, graduating together. high school and like things like that. Because I feel like they've run out of avenues now. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, they have. They've rehashed many yeah. Yeah. avenues. So, um, uh, Marge and Homer have gotten remarried at least three times. <laughs> I think oh, that if they no. did, if they didn't freeze time, the show would be over by now. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't think that Homer they would, would be, be able to keep pumping them out for <laughs> 26 years. <laughs> Also, it might not have had the same ripple effect across other animated shows. Mm-hmm. Because, no, he actually would be, because God says to him that he'll die in six months. Yep. In an episode. Yeah. But that never happens, like, because time like, is frozen. Know, he's like, you know when, when I die or whatever? And it's like, you can't wait, you six, can't wait months? six months? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, crazy fan theory. Have you read this? Have you seen this? The coma one? Yeah. I love that one. That's Let's great. talk about it. All right. We're running a bit long, but... I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so the theory is... When he, Homer has his meeting with God, uh, is that Homer the heretic? Um, are we talking about the Homer meeting with God one or the one where he gets blown up by yeah, the... I literally just said he meets with God, so you weren't listening. No, um, like I, I thought we were talking about the coma one. I haven't heard the episode, one, The episode, just, wait, you're not listening to the whole story. Okay. This is part of it. Okay. The episode where he meets God. Yeah. In Homer the heretic. Yeah. He says, you can't wait six months. Yeah. Six months later in, like, real life, is when the episode, the clip, Another Simpsons Clip Show airs, mm. where Homer opens the fridge and opens the beer that Bart shook up with a paint can shaker right. and goes into a coma. Right. The fan theory is, he died then, didn't go into a coma. And the rest of the series is just his crazy 
dead mind imagining his life with his, with his family. That's why like things get a, li- a lot more surreal. He meets space coyotes and he goes uh, into space. Goes into space. He has wacky, crazy adventures that like no normal uh, American schlob would go on. And and time is frozen. Time is frozen. I just realized that Rick and Morty did a similar thing where they actually sort of went down that road. Right. <laughs> and the two characters died, and then two characters from an alternate reality mm-hmm. jumped in, took their places, and buried the bodies in yep. the backyard. <laughs> Which is awesome. What a that, crazy thing. That was, that's one of the that's that's one of the best parts of that uh, that season. Yeah. It's that that's so great. I wish that was. The way to go with The Simpsons, it's obviously not. No, I mean, um, that's, but that's the great thing about crazy fan theories is they're, they're crazy for a reason. It holds more water than a lot. They're fun, but yeah. it's like, I would be so shocked if any of these theories that you read about, you know, uh, Cameron's Ferris's imagination and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm. uh, you know, there's tons of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin takes place in the distant future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Agrabah's like in a dome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to know one of my favorite ones? Yeah. Minority Report, when the halo comes on him, like, near the end of the movie, but before the climax, everything that happens afterwards is what he imagines in an optimal reality to happen. But he never gets out of that halo. It's a better ending that way. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, the movie is better, but it has to end happily because it's a Spielberg movie. Um, (laughs) but I would be shocked if like creators of any of these things ever came out and said yeah no that's totally what I was going for like how did you guys guess right because it's never the case I'm sorry yeah very rarely are creators that clever and able to keep it a secret that's the thing right because like that's so it is so clever they're creators they would they would tell you but I mean at least tell their friend call me a pretentious film nerd sure I don't always do pretentious film nerd (laughs) (laughs) I do actually believe that like the movie doesn't belong to the creator. No, I, I agree. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying it's uh, it belongs to them. But what I'm saying is, uh, it'd be crazy if the intent was ever there. You right. know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm I, not saying it needs to be there for it to be enjoyable and fun. Yes, I agree. Or, or yeah. a, a right way to interpret a thing. Like you can interpret, uh, you know, Minority Report the way you interpreted it, yeah. and that's fine. It's not like it's wrong. It's just that I don't think that was Spielberg's intent, right? right? As far as as far as I know, like as far as Minority Report goes, I know that Philip K. Dick wrote it with a much bigger, like a much more downer of an ending, right? Mm-hmm. Like the novella or whatever it is um, that Philip K. Dick wrote. Like he never writes things with happy endings, mm-hmm. right? That is like the him going off living with his fucking family, his <laughs> wife, and the 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 precogs. No, <laughs> like. Oh no! I I remember I remember what it is. He finds out he finds out that um, this one time it was wrong and he was set up right. Okay. John Anderton was set up, but he also realizes that one out of like a, over a million prevented murders is a drop in the bucket, right? And the precogs do much more good than harm, and so he takes it because he knows it's a good program and he knows it needs to happen in order to prevent murder so he accepts it mm. Mm. this has been an episode of pretentious film nerd with james wade bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I gotta be honest i don't have a lot to say about this episode homer had an assistant what <laughs> the bachelor party was that, that, the, was that his assistant yeah, yeah it was that? his it was his assistant Weird. now it's his supervisor all right yeah uh i didn't know he had it um it second, reminds me a little bit of the uh, in a later episode, the going away party for that guy. Yeah, 
Yeah. Where it's like, what, please don't like make the me par- retire. Yeah. <laughs> the party is not what that person would want. Yeah. Like he's giving this impassioned speech about how much he loves his father, and then they're like, "Bring out the chicks," and he's like, "Son, we're in hell." Yeah. <laughs> um, where's my spy camera? Oh yeah, yeah. that's funniest, my that's yeah. my favorite joke. Funniest right? joke. That's yeah. my favorite joke. So funniest great. joke of the episode. That the female man is great. Yeah, and <laughs> female man. Oh, and that's she, such a great joke. She, I wish she came back more often in the show. She's For the past six months, character. where's my spy camera? Where's my spy camera? Here's your stupid spy camera. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and she just stands angry at the door and goes. Oh the, man, it's a great joke. Yeah. It's a great joke because it's like. She's going down to the level of a 10-year-old, yep. right? She's like, she's, she's getting down it. in the dirt yeah. and fighting on his level, and that's yeah. never a good idea. I love that Bart has the ability to just bring people down to his level. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah. Um, was someone gonna... The picture goes viral. Yeah. Vi- Which is weird. Viral in the 90s, in the early, in 1990. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a weird thing. machine. Yeah, what a weird thing. Can I get a copy of that picture? <laughs> I'm going to put it up in my business. Like, Abu has it, like, pasted in, in, in the quickie This mark, episode and, like... does not work anymore. <laughs> Nothing in this episode <laughs> works, no except sense. for the piggy bank and where's my spy camera. There you go. And I'd say especially Homer's speech at the very end feels very dated. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Marge is awful in mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah, she really overreacts. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a picture of him dancing with a lady. Yeah. She doesn't, like, like I feel like normal Marge would ask him about it first. Like, yeah. Like, what was this? Not, yeah. you're kicked out of the house forever. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, you look at Secrets of a Successful Marriage, where he gets kicked out, and there's a build to him getting there's kicked a, out. There's a great build to it, right? It's, she, he, she understands her husband well enough that yeah. she knows that he... She warns him. He has him. a good heart, but does, you know, some things that are not totally on level with her. Yeah. She comes across very moralistic. Yes. Yeah. Holier than thou. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and her... Morals and ethics and carnal <laughs> forbearance. <laughs> Like that—that's really funny because I kind of feel like it's playing on yeah. like past March yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, in that episode, in, in that particular episode, Bart After Dark. Um, in this in this episode, her solution to the problem mm-hmm. takes Bart through the seedy underbelly of Springfield, and it is way worse than whatever he saw that night. Absolutely. And I kind of think that's the joke. Yeah. But it annoyed me. Yeah. In this yeah. episode, there's like yeah. mud, the mud fighting pit. There's wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, like, I mean, like basically okay. they, they 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 made a list in the writers' room of like what are some degrading things to women we can bring Bart to. Yeah, uh, and then let's... You, to try to bring it back to a real moral center is disingenuous. Yes, it I is, agree. and that's what I feel like the whole episode feels like to me. It's, yeah. It feels like it's just it feels ham-fisted and disingenuous. Um, I, this is the first, well, not the first episode, but this is one of the, one of the few episodes that I've actually rated as just bad episode. Mm. I don't think it's a good episode. Two good jokes. One of them's a stop the tape. Stop the tape. Thank you. (laughs) So that's, I did actually like the joke too, where they're like, oh, can you tell the people in the party to keep it down? And the waiter goes in there and he's like, hey, can you guys keep it down? He's like, shut up. (laughs) 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 Because... 
it's it's a perfect example of that environment because that's what would happen yeah. if a server came to a party room and said keep it down they'd, they'd be like up. fuck you we paid for this room yeah you get out <laughs> uh, oh there's a dark room that's right in this the, episode yep there's a dark room. I had to make a note of that because it was just like, let's put a red filter on this yeah, and just yeah. call it a dark room. Um, it's also the first appearance of Carl Carlson. That's right. Who does not have his correct voice. No, he does not. No. He does not. It's, it's kind of like uh, Lou in the earlier episode who yeah. was white. I mean, but at least they they got it. They got the skin tone right this time. <laughs> yeah. South Korea. Thanks. <laughs> uh. We've had blacksmithers. We'd have had white Lou. We've had who at white uh, someone else wasn't there. Uh, I don't know. Okay, um, doesn't matter. But, but then we have uh, Carl without the proper black voice. That's right. Come on, <laughs> come on, Hank Azaria. <laughs> Get on that. <laughs> oh man. Hey Homer. Um, what? <laughs> a, oh yeah, Mister Burns feels really out of character in this. Uh, in this I didn't think he did, to be honest. Uh, when you're talking about how he's like, you know, asking for love asking advice. For love advice? Yeah. No, 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 oh. not that one. Um, when he's like, "We are a family nuclear plant." Like, I don't know, like, why would this even? Why would he even care about this? Well, and I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think it's a precursor to the. I was just really bothered by okay. everything in this episode, but I please sorry. Finish. I think it's a precursor to the idea of Mr. Burns always seeing Homer. In whatever way, and mm. just pre- making presumptions about him, okay. you know, like when he's uh, putting into the toilet, and he's like, "Oh, who's this linksman?" And Lavatory <laughs> linksman, yeah, <laughs> Simpson, eh? Simpson, eh? And so I think that that was the main this... thrust of it. Is just like he sees this and he thinks, "Oh, this guy's a, a Lothario. He has an animal mati- matism. What is machismo? Magnetism, some of that." Anyway, um, and I, I thought I thought it was it was kind of it was. It was more in tune with the Burns we know, I think, where he's, like, secretly a uh, sad, lonely man mm. that is always touched on but never, like, gone full force with, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because it'll ruin his funniness. Yeah, it would. Uh, but, like, the Bobo episode, for example, like, that's an example of him being a lonely man. That's, like, that's the best Burns episode. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Rosebud. Rosebud. Yeah. What's that a reference to? Casablanca. Yep, you're right. He's right. Can never slip one over this guy. Pretentious <laughs> film nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I really like Who Shot Mr. Burns. As oh well. yeah, it's great. It's a great. It's great two parter. Uh, making fun of Dallas. And uh, Twin Peaks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In the second one, oh yeah, in, this, in Who Shot Mr. Burns Part Two. Burns his suit. Burns his suit. <laughs> one of my favorite. Simpsons Do you have that crazy, lines? crazy backwards talking car dream too? I'll drive. I'll drive. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite Simpsons lines ever is in Who Shot Mr. Burns. I was telling you about it the other day, where uh, Burns is walking by the Simpsons car and he sees Maggie with the sucker. He's like, "Oh, what are you so happy about?" And she holds up the sucker. He's like, "Oh, I see." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's time we start wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. good episode or bad episode, guys? Home this last one? Night out. This is yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thumbs down. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's a thumbs down for me. I will not be returning to this episode anytime nah. soon, and I remember why now. Yeah. Like, why I didn't like it in the first place. There you go. Um, my, uh, opinion on this episode has actually gone down since we watched it again. Um, which is actually uh, unusual for the episodes that we've been watching so far, because they've actually been steadily increasing. 
Um, this one has gone down. Uh, so, a minor misstep. I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited for what we've got next. Um, what, are, what about you, uh, James? Complete misfire? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad, but I liked the other two all right. Yeah. Um, what I'm kind of shocked by is that, like, I never watched The Simpsons sequentially or in order at all. It's always just been random. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, every episode that I watch, I, ne- I never catch one that I haven't seen if it was before 2000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these ones you had art, you at Absolutely. least recognize having seen them at some point. Yeah, gotcha. probably several times each. Oh, cool. Well, next up, we're going to do three, probably three again, to oh, wrap God, up the first season. Oh, God, I hope so. Let's just wrap this up. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, uh, the Crepes of Wrath. Oh boy, you're looking forward to that one, I know it. Oh boy, am I. Uh, <laughs> Krusty Gets Busted, which I am looking forward to. Me too. And Some Enchanted Evening, which neither of us are looking forward to. No. And not even the creators were looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. It was the first one produced, and the last one to air in the first season. Oh really? Because it was so shitty. That wasn't the one where Bart swims? No, that, that's a that's... Tracy Ullman short. Oh, is it really? Jacques Cousteau. I remember like seeing that on TV. Well, they do uh, have a bunch of the shorts on the 138th episode, Spectacular. Oh, maybe that's just what I'm thinking of then. Was that uh, we promise only to do this once a year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was uh, What about Frosty Chocolate Milkshakes? Yep. That's that's Almond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they do uh, reference it a yeah, couple times in the that. series. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but no, Summer Channel Evening is Babysitter Bandit, if you remember that. Oh, at all. yeah. Oh, that she's so poorly animated. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Okay. Thanks for coming, James. I think Thanks we're. I think we're going to do that. Sans guest. The next one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it like. Does this one work out so ep- poorly? <laughs> episode with a guest. Episode, episode without bringing guests on. Yeah, yeah, that might that might work. So we'll try that's that's what we've been doing so far. Yeah. Kind of by accident, but. Welcome to Bad Neighbors, where you hear us plan out our podcast on the podcast. Yeah. It's a great way it's to do It's a behind-the-scenes... We actually stop talking to each other after the little red light goes out. <laughs> this is the only it's time, the time we, we can converse. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, you know, Alan knows I don't get out of bed for less than five grand. Nope. So... <laughs> Learn that the hard way. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> Got to go. Uh, thanks for joining us, James, and uh, hope to maybe have you back again for some Golden Years episodes to uh, compare and contrast. Thanks. <laughs> Bye, bad neighbors. Damn it, James. <laughs> Pretentious film nerd. All right. right. You really jumped the carp on this one. Huh? <laughs> it came out swinging and whiffing. Let's jump the shark. Jump, jump the carp? What? So you've been saying... I've been carp saying this whole time. I've been saying carp this whole time. That's true. I've been making an idiot of myself. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.